Heather, welcome back for listening to Legally at Modest Touch, man. KAMP Student Radio at the University of Redstone. Nah. Was so devastated against Murdoch that he was terrified to have to testify in Delaware and potentially in a public setting. Obviously, the court would be open to the public, but they didn't want all these other documents to get out. What we said when that case settled, just wait what's going to happen with Smartmatic. Smartmatic believes and they know that Murdoch is not going to take the stand. And they know that the Fox executives do are terrified of having to admit under oath in a public setting like that. Now, in addition to Smartmatic, think about all these other existential threats that are now being posed by these derivative lawsuits. And also, not just the liability, which is significant, and it will grow if there's a Smartmatic settlement to the tune of billions of dollars, which may happen, right? But now the lawyers, these brilliant derivative shareholder lawyers, they now know Murdoch's terrified of depositions and trial. Lachlan's terrified of more depositions and trial. So that also poses this existential threat as well, that you just got to play chicken with Murdoch and you're going to win. The discovery was horrifying. Horrifying. And if you ever wanted to know what the Fox execs think about their viewers, they call their viewers idiots. They know they're lying to the people. They call Trump an idiot. They know they're doing this and selling out our democracy just for the money. So this existential threat will continue. We believe in the next 30 to 60 days, they'll be briefing in a hearing on leadership, which group, which pension fund is going to be the head of this litigation. Then you'll get into more discovery. There's already been preliminary discovery because under Delaware law, shareholders were able to conduct preliminary discovery. So they've got a lot of new data in addition to what's previously been turned over. Yeah, well, they do they do a 220 demand, which is a, exactly. pre, a pre-suit books and records inspection. Exactly. And yep. so now you'll have the leadership a fight take place. And then I think you're going to have a costly multi-year litigation. And what we need to look for, though is with Rupert taking a more of a step back, with Lachlan and other family members taking a step forward, and with this reputation and legacy of disgrace, will this cause Lachlan and others to alter their course? That's what I'm looking for as well. I agree with you. I think that they have the um, Smartmatics lawyers who are the software part of the hardware um, defamation have said after the settlement with with um, Dominion that that's a floor. They're not going to settle for less than seven hundred and fifty-seven million dollars for their two point seven billion dollar case. There's other defamation case. They settled one with the one that that Sidney Powell, the the poor Venezuelan businessman, who Sidney Powell said was part of a conspiracy to install software developed for Hugo Chavez to flip votes from Biden uh, from Trump to Biden uh, that poor guy already settled an undisclosed amount with with Fox and these are all the amounts every time you hear for our listeners and audience every time you hear a settlement and litigation dollars wasted effectively by Fox 
by Fox, that is a dollar amount that these lawyers and these pension funds, including, as you said, in New York, it's the teachers' pension funds. I mean, talk about, you know, the salt of the earth unions that are being that are being compromised here. Uh, it's the office of the controller of the city of New York that's actually the one that's rep is actually the party representing because all the pension funds sit under that particular that particular position. But all of those dollar amounts, every time you hear a dollar amount plus the attorney's fees related, that's what's being gone after. Yes, the attorneys are going to get their own separate fund of money. Could be 20 or 30 percent almost or, or whatever the number the judge finally approves separate and apart. But all the rest... Let's say a billion dollars is going back to the treasury of Fox to help support the, um, the, the, the shareholder price and all of that and put money back so they can use it for proper corporate purposes. I think this, this is my prediction because this is, this is the MO for, for Rupert Murdoch when he, was, when he was in his 50s, let alone now at 91. But he got into trouble in, in, uh, in London over um, a hacking scandal involving the royal family, celebrities, military veterans, in which their confidential and private information from their cell phones ended up in the Times, uh, in the Mirror, uh, one of the papers that he owned. He sold that paper because as part of the cleanup and close-up of that scandal. It may be time for the Murdoch family, and this is the premise of Michael Wolff's new book, Maybe time for the Murdoch family to, you know, cash in their chips and get out of the news business in America, at least, and sell the company. And there's plenty of buyers for that, whether it's streaming services, cable, cable companies, traditional, non-traditional media companies that would chomp at the bit to pick up the, the assets of Fox News and give the Murdoch family a big bag of money. And, and they just can't because they don't. One of the things that came out of the Dominion case in these cases will even make it even more uh, obvious is this lack of management control by the stewards of the company over Fox News and its faux newscasters, celebrities, whatever they are. They've lost control of their own content and they can't protect people from being defamed because of it. And unless they want to throw and just get, which they haven't done, they fired the mouthpieces, but they haven't fired the editorial people, the president of the network, and people that would be responsible for this ridiculous and defamatory business model. Unless they do that, um, there's, there's not, they're not going to make any changes there. The next owner may make some changes because they don't want to be subjected in the cleanup. But I think this leads to the selling of major assets by the Murdoch family to cash out, especially while the old man's still alive. Well, you know, they phased out their entertainment properties on the sale to Disney and the Iger deal. And, you know, that, that hasn't really, in a significant stock transaction, which hasn't really worked out all that good for the Murdochs, depending on how long they had to hold on to that stock for, because that price has gone down significantly of late. Um, but they already had that estate planning in place. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, I just want unapologetically pro-democracy media. <laughs> what I want to really do, you know, with this Midas Touch Network, with Legal AF, with all of the programs here, is it's so important that we build something both short-term and generationally that's going to be a game-changer. And if you think about it, the poisonous seed 
that unfortunately ballooned into what became Fox News started with a Roger Ailes memo during the Nixon era about having a GOP propaganda network, and Ailes continued that over many, many decades to execute that plan. I want to do the opposite here at the Midas Touch Network, and with shows like this, evidence-based, truth-based, I recognize it's important that we do things right now, but I also have a long-term perspective in building this network and platform to be a generational difference maker for truth, objective facts, and evidence. And so for all of those who want to support the growth of this network, we don't have outside investors. So if you want to help out, just go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Midas Touch m-e-i-d-a-s o-u-c-h we have a lot of behind the scenes stuff there the origin story of Michael Popak is posted there the origin story of Karen Friedman Agnifilo my origin story how we all met each other all of that's posted there and so much more incredible content again the address is patreon.com slash Midas Touch and it's just kind of a fun way the community to come together and try to figure out ways we can build this like with MidasTouch.com. That's my one plug in Popocalypse. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a great plug. And the other ways you can support the network and this show are all free. You can free subscribe to the Midas Touch. My comments to... Midas Touch. And Marcellus. And Michael Popak. Let's touch YouTube channel. They're so close to 2 million. Help them get the 2 million. It helps us in order to have that level of audience and support to continue to do what Ben has just outlined. Listen. Uh, let me toss it back to um, and, you know, and, and, and over and over again. So I think that's the problem right there. Hunter Biden's new law firm brought law. Uh, let me toss it back to you. And, you know, and itself. Right. And so they have money, hopefully, to Murdoch and the family, the Murdoch family. Now, generally, because I've done these cases. So if you've been, that means you're going to get it from the insurance companies because a company like Fox has probably over a billion dollars of an insurance stack by insurers and reinsurers to, to protect them from this. There's a certain amount that a company insures for itself, right? And so they have money, hopefully set aside to pay for it and to contribute. It could be a couple of hundred million dollars. The rest is insurance. And these plaintiffs' law firms representing New York State Pension Fund and, and all of that, and the other, and the other states like Colorado, um, are suing in Delaware to get all that money back for everybody, for all of the shareholders. Ben, what do you think about this and where it leads in terms of the fall and demise of Fox and the Rupert Murdoch empire? Well, Murdoch and the family, the Murdoch family. Now, 
generally, because I've done these cases, stack, I insure lead regardless stack. I insures and reinsures to to protect them from this. There, there's a certain amount that a company insures for itself, right? And so the rest and the Rupert Murdoch Empire. Law firms on the plaintiff side handling all of these various lawsuits. Therefore, in trial. Um, Smartmatics lawyers, who are the software part of the hardware uh, defamation, have said after the settlement with, with um, Dominion that that's a floor. They're not going to settle for less. That's cable, cable companies, traditional, non-traditional media companies that would chomp at the bit to pick up the royal family, celebrities, military veterans. When he got into trouble in, in, uh, in London over um, a hacking scandal involving the royal family, celebrities, military veterans, in which their confidential and private information from their cell phones ended up in the Times, uh, in the Mirror, uh, one of the papers that he owned, he sold that paper because as part of the cleanup and close-up of that scandal. It may be time for the Murdoch family, and this is the premise of Michael Wolff's new book, it may be time for the Murdoch family to, you know, cash in their chips and get out of the news business in America, at least, and sell the company. And there's plenty of buyers for that, whether it's streaming services, cable, cable companies, traditional, non-traditional media companies that would chomp at the bit to pick up the, the assets of Fox News and give the Murdoch family a big bag of money. But he got into trouble in, in, uh, in London over money, hopefully set aside to pay for it and to contribute. It could be a couple of couple of hundred million dollars. The rest is insurance. And these plaintiffs' law firms, representing New York State Pension Fund and, and all of that, and the other and the other states like Colorado, um, are suing in Delaware to get all that money back for everybody, for all of the shareholders. Ben, what do you think about this and where it leads in terms of the fall and demise of Fox and the Rupert Murdoch Empire? Well, you have some of the biggest and best law firms on the plaintiff side handling all of these various lawsuits. So the first step is going to be the leadership fight over which group of plaintiff's lawyers will take the lead. Regardless, you are going to have the dream team of lawyers doing this case. As you pointed out, this isn't a securities fraud case. It is a derivative case. So how leadership is picked is slightly different than in the securities context where it is the fund that has the biggest loss usually is the leader, which is usually the big pension funds, whether it's Oregon or New York or wherever. Um, but you have the top pension funds here, which are all shareholders of Fox. And by the way, who do these pension funds uh, represent?
categories in. Who are the constituents of these pension funds? Well, the firefighters, police, teachers, other types of workers who have their 401ks tied to funds that invest in places like Fox. Their expectation as shit. Don't scroll away. It's Senator Warnock. Listen, in 2022, over 400 bills designed to restrict voting rights were introduced across yeah, the country. That's a fucking shame. I've Why said- don't you guys call for the suspension of the Republican Party? This is MAGA gets uncovered as Trump desperately spiral- spirals out of control. Anthony Davis, Ron Filipkowski, mine. Good show, great show, man. It's Wednesday and it's Uncovered. I'm Anthony Davis, he's Ron Filipkowski, and this is the show where we uncover far-right propaganda in America. And boy, is there a lot to do. Thank you to you if you're just joining us. We are live here on the Midas Touch Network, and uh, there'll be an audio version of this show available later, so you can download it if you want to listen to it again or in the privacy of a darkened room. Uh, Ron, we have a lot to get through today, including uh, multiple Donald Trump stories, including a gag order and his lawyer getting humiliated, his cognitive decline. We've got Ron DeSantis, who's reckons that Democrats don't want anyone to be Christian and all sorts of things, including Lauren Boebert explaining what really went on during the Beetlejuice show. <laughs> Not on the stage, but, you know, in, in her immediate vicinity. So all that to look forward to. But, um, Ron, tell us about this breaking news that Cassidy Hutchinson, who's the former Trump aide turned crucial January 6th witness, says in a new book that she was groped by Rudy Giuliani, who was like a wolf closing in on its prey on the day of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. What's happening here? I think everybody remembers Cassie Hutchinson's compelling testimony, which, by the way, only came about because she fired her Trump lawyer who was trying to get her to lie. Right. Uh, and she went forward with her testimony, and it was very compelling. She's still a um, lawyer, by the way. But she did not mention this, and, and she has a book coming out next week, and, and this is apparently in the book, something she saved for the book, which I know people are going to have an issue with that. Uh, Republicans are already starting to say, well, why didn't she mention this sooner? Well, this happens all the time in this country, doesn't it? It's like people will hold on to the most emotionally like compromising information just because there's a book coming out. And that's not something I've ever understood. So we can't blame Cassidy Hutchinson. I'm sure it's on the advice of her publisher. But this happens all the time, doesn't it? Yes. And, and it could also be the case that she just didn't want to talk about this publicly, right. you know, and she was embarrassed or humiliated or whatever the case may be. We know in, in situations like this, the victims do not always come forward until much later after they've had a chance to process it and deal with it and get counseling. So that may also be the case. It might not just be the book. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, this is, this is a long, Rudy has a long history here. Uh, you know, he's being sued right now by his personal assistant who has tapes of him, you know, sexually harassing and assaulting her. Um, there have been other women who have made similar kind of complaints. Of course, he was famously in the, um, the movie, um, what was the movie? Uh, the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, oh, yes. Borat, the Borat, you know, the Borat yeah. movie. So, I mean, Rudy has a history of being a pervert. And uh, but this this goes beyond that because this most likely happened in the White House or thereabouts, and 
And this happened on January 6th. And, and we already heard reports that Judy Rudy was highly intoxicated from other people. And we know that when Rudy gets drunk, this is one, what Rudy does. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, but, you know, it also shows like this is Donald Trump's lawyer, personal lawyer who's in the White House. He brings this person in and has them around these young women working in there. And it's just part of the whole culture of MAGA and Trump. I mean, so I was thinking, what was I listening to? I was thinking, I was listening to Lauren Boebert talking about men. And she was, this is, I know we're going to talk about her later, but this is just as an aside. That is it that Republican men, and this sounds like I'm tarring all Republican men with one brush, and I really am not, but it seemed to me that the experience of a lot of females who come into contact with this. I don't know whether it's just the kind of U.S. machismo, like over testosterone thing, where you know that there's a, seems to be a lot less equality in this country than many other countries when it comes to that the kind of male female roles, you know, gender roles. And I think it was Lauren Boebert just describing the experience of like being around guys and what guys are going to say and what to expect from guys. This kind of kind of bro culture. Which, which, you know, sure, it exists in other countries, but in different ways. And I really do feel that, I speak as a European man, obviously, so it's a slightly different perspective on things. But there really is this kind of disgusting view of women on behalf of some American men, where women can be just treated like, you know, fodder. And it's it's so grim that in this day and age, and you know, if we're talking about Rudy Giuliani in 2000 and what well, that that was 20, 2021, wasn't it? I mean, it, it's not long ago to go. Oh, you know, it was the 70s, it was the 80s. You know, the culture was different back then. We're talking about the modern day. And if you haven't worked out by now that as a man in the modern day, that you have to control yourself, control your urges, be respectful. You cannot. T- you can't even hug people. With, without being given access. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, is where it's at. Look, I've criticized Joe Biden for that. I mean, yeah. Joe Biden is part of that era, you know, of the baby boomer generation where yeah. he's very touchy feely, hug, kiss. And, you know, it's it people, people, uh, it bothers people now when they see it. And, uh, you know, so I just, yeah, it's it, the people that are from a different era. I think don't don't really get it that times have changed, but but it's also why you mentioned the Republican men. It's part of this new alpha male, you know, culture. Tucker Carlson and others have been promoting, and it gets promoted on right wing social media. Yeah. You know that we're this. We need to go back to the traditional nineteen fifties way of living, and you know they they look at a lot of liberal or democratic men who treat women with respect and equality and they, and they call them beta, you know, <laughs> that they're weak, that, that, that is somehow weakness. If you're not a tough alpha male dominating your female partner. And so it, it, there's a talk, there is toxic masculinity involved here and it is a cultural thing. And, uh, we, we see this played out time and time again, the Ken Paxton, the, the Christy Noem stuff with Corey Lewandowski, we could go on and on, and of course, with Donald Trump as well. Because ultimately, it is dangerous, you know, it, it is so dangerous. And of course, a big story is broken about Russell Brand, who yep, people may or go. may not know, but you know, he, he has very outwardly over decades 
been a very kind of sexualized character and always boasted about, you know, his kind of conquests. And, and, it, and I was really trying to analyze that and think about, you know, because of his charisma, it, it, it overpowers your thinking about the victims. You know, it's like you, you expect sex offenders or sex abusers or to, to be, you know, like in, in big coats hiding in the shadows. But when they're not, when people are outwardly confident, I mean, Donald Trump is one of these, as E. Jean Carroll will testify. You know, when you are a public figure and you are outwardly charismatic, it, it, it means that people often forget that there are victims. And in order for people to live these kind of hedonistic lifestyles, there will always be a victim. Yeah, you don't even have to believe E. Jean Carroll. You could believe Donald Trump himself in the uh, Access Hollywood tape. Right. I mean, he bragged about this, yeah. going up to women and, and doing this to them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's part of, part of the culture. And... Um, and it, I think Democrats are very well served to not be a part of that mentality. Uh, and it's a reason why women tend to, tend to vote Democrat as well. Isn't it interesting, though, how politics, which you should never really equate to sexuality or, or kind of gender roles, that it is in America. Yeah. Yeah. That politics is attached to these kind of gender stereotypes, yeah. which is, I find very surprising. And in fact, to quote Lauren Bogart, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but she said, I'll never date a Democrat again. Right, there you go. Right? It's so interesting to me. Um, anyway, we'll save that conversation for another time because we've got a lot to get through today. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on, on that Rudy Giuliani story as if he hasn't got enough trouble on his plate already. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Donald Trump doing this NBC interview. I put out a little video on Midas Touch kind of analyzing some of what he had to say where he basically admitted the crime yet again of, of stealing these documents and claiming that he's covered by the Presidential Records Act seems to forget that he's not the president. Anyway, that aside, um, so I'm sure Jack Smith is, is thrilled about that. He, in that same interview, he talked about abortion. Just tell us about this, you know, before I play the clip, just tell us about what happened. Well, this is Donald Trump thinks he's got the solution for Republicans on abortion, you yeah. know. And if you notice, what he talks about is not changing their position or their policy. He, he says... We have to change the way we talk about it. We message it. So what he's saying is you can still have your position. You can still believe what you want. But this is what you need to say to basically fool the voters. Um, and, of course, yes, look, Donald Trump doesn't care about outlawing abortion. He doesn't care one way or the other about this issue personally. He could care less. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing Donald Trump cares about is Donald Trump. And this doesn't affect him that much anymore. This issue, it maybe did at one time when he was probably paying for them, but it doesn't really affect him much anymore. So he doesn't really care about the issue. What he cares about is winning this election. So obviously he's for the, the exceptions, you know, the rape incest that, that the, the exceptions he's for, of course, life of mother, um, and that's caused him some uh, some people on the right to really get upset, uh, including a lot of the evangelicals and pro-lifers that he endorsed. And Trump truly believed that, you know, since he got Roe overturned and he got those three justices in, that the evangelicals would not abandon him if he changed position and did a 180 here to win the selection. And he's finding out that, no, 
pro-lifers they they really do care about this issue passionately it for many of them it's their number one yeah. most important issue like the only thing they care about yeah and, but it, what's so interesting is he's having to go back and use this old trope that democrats are for abortion up to full term of pregnancy and even after birth right how he expects a child to be executed after it's been birthed i have no idea but you know it doesn't even make sense and yet he keeps pushing this narrative and i have to say that the interviewer has come up for a lot of flack over this because she did not push back enough she allowed him to lie and push propaganda and really he you know nbc should never have had donald trump on for an interview, you know, this kind of full-length interview like this. Let me show the clip and then we'll talk a bit more about it, okay? With Hillary Clinton, when we had the debate, I made a statement, rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month. You're allowed to do that and you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Again, no one and, and is again, arguing listen, for that. That's look, not a part of anyone's look, platform, Mr. President. The Democrats are able to kill the baby after birth. Let me talk to you. Nobody wants that. that Democrats don't want that. So either. we're going to come together. I want to know what you want. I want to know what you're going to do. I mean, it's just painful. But even the language to say, rip the baby out of the womb. I mean, who says that? Like, wh who would ever think to put those words in a sentence what he's saying what he's saying here and what he said repeatedly to republicans is every time you're asked about abortion you should say you should talk about the the, ex the three exceptions and then you should talk about democrats position and say that this is their position in other words what he's saying is do not talk about if you're for a heartbeat or six-week ban or 15 ban he's telling him don't talk about it and, yeah. and as you can see, he won't talk about those things. Yeah. He refuses to say what his clear position on abortion is. He will only say, I'm for the three exceptions, and Democrats want to kill babies at, at uh, you know nine months. The reality is, of course, those are only life-of-mother situations where either the baby is going to die or the mother is going to die, it is much less than 1% of all abortions. It's a, it's a microscopic number. So when he says, here's the contradiction in his position. When he says he's for the three exceptions, well, those abortions he's talking about are one of the exceptions. Life of mother. Yeah. That's when these abortions are happening. Yeah. So when he says, I'm for a life of mother exception and, and we, shouldn't, we shouldn't have abortions late term, that's what life of mother exceptions are. He's just a disgusting human being. He really is. And I, I really feel that on this topic, it exposes quite how little care he has for other humans, especially women. Just has no interest or respect for women. And it just goes back to what we were saying earlier about this kind of political divide and how Republicans are increasingly seeing women as second-class citizens. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is trying to bring about parity, you know, both at home and in the boardroom. Um, so we've got a few kind of Donald Trump stories to talk about. The the other video you posted on uh, Twitter or X or Elon or whatever it's called this week um, was this one about where we kind of visibly see his cognitive decline and, and something I, you know, they're always criticizing Joe Biden, who always corrects himself. You know, if Joe Biden has, a, you know, stutters or gets confused with something, he always corrects himself and gets him, you know, gets back on track. In this clip, Donald Trump 
doesn't correct his mistakes. He tries to then work them <laughs> like a spaghetti junction yep. into the narrative. It's so weird. Let's watch it and then we'll give it some analysis. The radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, and leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. Including Obama, you see what a... And then he couldn't remember Joe Biden's name, so he said Obama a second time. I mean, who is this guy? Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, what Joe would do in in that situation <laughs> situation. Sorry, I lost my voice there. Is um, is say, oh, excuse me, I meant I meant Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what Joe would do. Yeah. But yes, this is part of Donald Trump can never admit a mistake right. and can never say that he. He messed something up. So he just acts like, oh, no, I meant to say Obama. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then he starts weaving and he, and he makes it worse. And then, you know, what's not in that clip is he talked about, you know, how um, he, how um, Joe was going to start World War II. That's right. Of course, that was also part of it. So, so, so yeah, I mean, for every... Um, Donald's. No, Joe Biden gaff clip. We can trot out three or four Trump gaff clips if we want. It's so interesting. Can you imagine Donald Trump going, oh, excuse me, I mean... Never. He's never done that. Never, ever nope. would say, oh, I'm sorry, or, oh, excuse me. Just never. normal, you know, normal linguistics, normal kind of uh, American English language. To him, that's a well, sign of weakness. If you admit that you made a mistake. A sign of weakness to me is not knowing a thing about abortions or about the needs of women's health care. That's a sign of weakness, you know, it's, or, or trying to overturn the election because you didn't like the result. That's a sign of weakness. It's, it's so, I am becoming, and you may have noticed because I'm putting out increasingly explicit videos where I'm just like, I am done with this guy. I just would, I'm just ready for him to exit the stage left and I'll never hear from him ever again. And unfortunately, that is not going to happen. You know, this has been years now, what, from pre-2016 that we've been listening to, to this garbage and this propaganda and this rhetoric. I mean, you know, it, what, seven, eight years of, of this, like, constant Trumpism. It, it's, it's really not good for the psyche. As you can see, Ron, I'm falling apart here. It's worse now than it was in 20. Yeah. Or 2016. It's worse. And for those of us that, that analyze it and report on it, you know, as our jobs, it, it, it's, it's not person. great for our mental health. I mean, you know, I, I, I dream of this guy. You know, I literally am dreaming of it. It's, it's, it's an illness, you know, to have to kind of... Can you imagine, like, actually being a, a Trump supporter and, like, living, breathing, dreaming and sleeping Donald Trump? Maybe that's worse. Yeah, I mean, I've developed such a uh, thick skin over because I've listened to so much Trump, you know, yeah. all of his speeches, podcast interviews and stuff. 
that it, it you know I used to I used to do that blood pressure would go up throw things at the TV scream and yell yeah. it, it doesn't really affect me anymore just because I've become and, and that's probably you know what he wants is for people to become desensitized to the lies right but but it's important I mean I, I you know I'm not emotionally invested I, I kind of save my emotions for my family but I feel like there there is a knock-on effect like a because it is just relentless and he he I mean that interview that full-length NBC interview is worth watching and I actually have recorded a video which we haven't put out yet where I take in every single question that is asked and I explain how I would rephrase the question Good. because I recognize that what they used was a very traditional form of broadcasting interview technique which does not work with a guy like Trump and when he's lying and saying this crap you can't go, uh, well, sorry, excuse me, uh, sir, Mr. President, we need to get back on track. You can't do that. You have to use short words and go, no, or that's a lie, that's a lie, that's untrue. You can't get into a kind of interplay with him because he is a steamroller. And, you know, he, he used that interview as, as like a TV version of a rally. And, and he won. You know, that was a puff piece, effectively. Yeah, you don't call him Mr. President over and over again because he forfeited that right when he said Biden is not legitimate and he's the he's the legal winner of the election. I believe that you don't now treat him like a former president and right. give him that respect because he forfeited that when he tried to over, overturn the election and and by still claiming he's the legitimate winner. If he conceded that he lost I would say, fine, call him Mr. President, but he, he won't do it. So he forfeits that. So yeah, that's just, that's just one thing. But, but the other thing is, I mean, the fact that he even agreed to that, look at who he agreed to. He agreed to do an interview with her. I'm talking about mainstream. And he agreed with, to do an interview with Caitlin Collins. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody who's two people who are brand new at their new jobs, just got their positions, women, that he felt he could steamroll and intimidate. Dominate, yeah. Again, yep. it goes back to this conversation we've just been having. And maybe I was thinking, you know, in, in her defense, I was thinking that maybe he put Call Me Mr. President a prerequisite, like in his rider. If I'm going to do this interview, you're going to yep. call me Mr. President. And it's highly likely that that was the case. But the thing is, once she got into it with him, she didn't need to keep saying it because he was then caught into the ego. So he didn't, you know, she didn't need to keep it up. She could have just done it once or twice at the beginning and then not refer to him as anything. You know, it's not necessary to keep saying somebody's name. Let's talk about Alina Haber now. She's uh, one of Trump's many um, very attractive lawyers. He, he, I don't know where he finds these people. They're, they're, they're you know, gorgeous, some of these people. I've never seen people like this before. But she's now, she's a rookie lawyer, and she's got herself into a, a situation. Just explain what this is, and I'll put this image up. Um, what, what is this story? Well, this story is about his new rookie lawyer. So Alina Haba had this case, and she was. Uh, this is the case where of the defamation lawsuit that he, that Trump filed against Hillary because of RussiaGate. He sued Hillary Clinton for um, defamation. She already cost him a billion dollars. That was thrown dollars. out, and people famously remember Alina Haba was sanctioned Plus a million along dollars. with Donald Trump by the federal judge, saying that it was a frivolous lawsuit. 
So what does Trump do? He gets this kid right here, fresh out of law school. Um, he graduated law school in 2021, sworn into the Florida bar in May of 2022. So he's been a lawyer for one year. So he gets this kid to slap his name and refile the same lawsuit, citing newly discovered evidence. What was the newly discovered evidence? The release of the Durham report. And, you know, the judge just completely destroyed this brief. He didn't personally go after this kid because I, I think the judge gave gave the kid a break, actually. <laughs> didn't sanction him and just ripped him to shreds. Um, but, you know, you think about it. This kid started, this is his first big case He's coming into his legal career. The responsibility, I should say for the purposes of equality, that he is very handsome as well. Just want to make sure that all lawyers get, get treated with the same brush, as are you. Um, what's so interesting, just going back to the interview, was that the things like the Durham report that Trump uses as reference to make his point are all garbage, right? He talked yep. about the Twitter files in the NBC interview. He talked about 2000 Mules, that ridiculous documentary that was made by, uh, was it Cash Patel that made that, um, made that documentary? No, it was, um, it wasn't Patel, uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza, excuse yeah. me. And, um, you know, he's referring to like propaganda videos and the stuffing of the ballots in the bag, which you saw on video, right? which you know has now been totally debunked. And yet his argument was, but it's on video. We saw it. Now, you know, it's been explained a gazillion times what that was. And yet he, because he's so dumb, if he sees it on the video, like when he like sees something on the news and then he becomes an expert on it because he saw it for like four seconds, either like rewrites the history like he did with the Panama Canal recently, it, it becomes facts to him. I mean, he really is, you know, so he's like, he's like the kind of TV president, isn't he? Like he, he has never read anything. But if he sees like a Scooby-Doo movie and there's like a, you know, a ghost gets chased, he'll be like, he's suddenly an expert on the ghosts on ghosts in history because he saw an episode of a, of a cartoon i mean that's how dumb this guy is and that's what we've been dealing with for the last seven years yeah well the, the way most humans function is you know you might read or see something but then you you can have your mind changed you know you can become convinced based on reading different reports facts and then what most of us do and we go oh you know i was wrong about that or yeah i had that wrong i didn't have all the facts yeah now i've become convinced that that's not true that donald trump doesn't have that in his brain at all that switch so once donald trump becomes convinced that something is true you can hit him over the head with a two by four he will never ever admit that he was wrong that, that even that, after legal um cases you know she said to him, you know, you've lost over there. 60 cases because he has no respect for the law and that's that's where these interviewers make the mistake yeah. is when they start citing well you lost court case that means nothing to donald trump you can't you can't use that line of attack, you know, at all. And 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 that's why I talked about like the Jonathan Swan interview and the Brett Bear interviews. They didn't do that, you know. They they did what you said. They pinned him down. They used short words. They they wouldn't let him wiggle off the hook, and and they got him. Many well, it's times. because you have to use entrapment tactics. 
when you're working with a with a malignant narcissist. You know, you have to give them a shit sandwich, effectively, and 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 sell them a situation for them to confess in. Saying that, he did confess to a couple of things. Yes. So, it, but instead of her, her saying like, "Well, nobody thinks that," that 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 that's useless. That's a useless thing to say. Yeah. What you say to Donald Trump is, "Who said that? Yeah. Give me a name. Yeah. When did they say it? Yeah. How many of those abortions happened last year?" Yeah. You got to pin him. You can't just say, "Oh, nobody thinks that," because then he'll go, "Oh, yes, they do." You know. Now, meanwhile, um, there's been talk of a gag order the last few weeks regarding Jack Smith and you know, these cases because Donald Trump can't keep his mouth shut. And it was just after the gag order was first kind of mooted or, or, or recently mooted and discussed and, and that Jack Smith kind of put this motion forward to Tanya Chuckton. Did Donald Trump post the following? Uh, he wrote, Biden prosecutor deranged Jack Smith has asked the court to limit 45th president and leading Republican nominee by more than 50 points and beating Dems Donald J. Trump's public statements. So I'm campaigning for president against an incompetent person who has weaponized the DOJ and FBI to go after his political opponent. And I am not allowed to comment. They leak and sue, and they won't allow me to speak. How else would I explain that Jack Smith is deranged or Crooked Joe is incompetent? I mean, the irony that, that, that Smith you know, goes to seek a gag order and Donald Trump's response is to abuse him on social media. Yeah, literally hours later. I mean, what I tweeted was his lawyers were probably in their office huddled typing their response to Jack Smith's motion, and then, you know, some young staffer in their firm says, hold on, yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at what Donald Trump just posted, and they all just went, oh, shit, you know, yeah. we got to we gotta change this. So it, this is going to be really interesting, and Judge Chutkan has not um, issued her order yet. I assume she will, and I assume this will be a limited gag order, and the devil's going to be in the details here, like, what... I, I really want to see like the wording of it, how it's going to be enforced, what what the enforcement mechanism is, because the question is, if you violate the gag order, it, is she going to consider that a violation of his pretrial release where he could have that revoked and be put in jail? Or is, is she going to handle it with nice. a fine? Like how, how what sanction is going to be put in there? And then how how is it, how Man, narrow is it going to be tailored? Jail. Is it going? Just it's most likely going jail. to say what Jack Smith asked for is you can't disparage the prosecutors, the witnesses, the jury pool, which means DC, yeah. or um, or or him, or you know his staff. And you know, I, I the, the other question is once that gets issued, what is going to be Trump's reaction? What is going to be MAGA reaction? I think it's going to be a very big deal when that order comes out. There was an article in the LA Times today, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was basically saying that it would be more dangerous for these people who are trying to push the 14th Amendment to get Trump off the ballot because he's been involved in insurrection. They were saying, you know, you are much better off allowing democracy to play out, have him on the ballot and have him lose to get through this period in political history rather than remove him from the ballot under those terms oh, and then forever after he's going to play Fuck. the victim 
and no. say I was silenced oh, and compared to Russia and too all this fucking stuff. bad. I'll be in prison. Well, what's anyway. your view on that? Because I, I, think, I kind yeah. of agree. No, I, I think his argument becomes a lot more persuasive to the to people if that happens. Yeah. I, I understand stand the legal argument, the case for doing it, but at the same but, time, like. I think if you do it without a criminal conviction, I think if you do it after he's convicted, let's say he goes to trial in March in D.C., he loses in April, then it's done. Um, I think that um, you can make a much more of a plausible argument. But if you have, you know, some third party group or pack or something that finances an effort to do that and it happens, um, then I I think that that's just it's bad. I agree with you. I I think it's just going to cause way too many problems. I I'm confident in the in, the, on, in our Stop democracy. I'm also confident the in our legal system. And, and I just want it to work. I don't. I don't want it to be done that way. Of course, the the one exception I would say is like if a Republican does it. I know, like the Republican Secretary of State in New Hampshire talked about it. Well, that might be a little bit of a different situation because you could just say, "Hey, this is a Republican doing it, not us." <laughs> I mean, the other issue is that if Trump was to be on the ballot and was to lose by a significant margin or any margin, he's going to claim it was fraud. He was he is going to do it again. And the whole process of, you know, the it's elections rigged and all this stuff is we're just going to go through that whole process yet again. And so that's going to happen whether he's on the ballot or not on the ballot. Right. The, the argument is effectively the same that they're trying to silence me. Yeah, there's no scenario by which Trump would ever admit that he lost any election. Yeah, that will never, ever happen. Yeah, we, we really do need to kind of. This is why, you know, it, it makes no sense to me that mental health and, you know, the, the the narcissism aspect of this is never mentioned in the mainstream media in any depth. You know, it's like a throwaway comment. But, you know, you really, if you take an interest in, in the kind of the, the kind of mental pathology or the psychology of this, it, you know, you really do kind of get to know who Donald Trump is pretty easily. You know, he is textbook narcissist. And, and you know, so much is written about this. I'm sure people are in relationships with narcissists. They understand what you're dealing with here. And yet, weirdly, because he's a presidential candidate and former president, it's almost like, oh, well, that can't apply because, you know, if, you, if you're a president, you're superhuman. I mean, I think Obama actually was superhuman, but that's just my view. Yeah, and they have to be treated differently and treated with kid gloves and yeah. shown respect and deference and all of that. Yeah. yeah, we have to start treating this this guy like that way. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's talk about Matt Gates and um, well, the kind of situation that's going on with Kevin McCarthy because you know he really is like losing control of Congress and there's so much on him at the moment. Obviously, there's the kind of the, the, the debt which is going to become an issue. I guess when are we going to start? Here? People are in relationships. Why with are you guys coddling the fucking terrorists? What you're dealing with here, and yet weirdly, because he's a presidential candidate. Terrorists like Trump. Trump. I mean, diapered on.
Skyper done. All of them. Insurrection. And attack on Congress. former president it's almost like oh well that can't apply because you know if, you, if you're a president you're superhuman i mean i think obama actually was superhuman but that's just my view yeah and they have to be treated differently and treated with kid gloves and yeah. shown respect and deference and all of that yeah. yeah we have to start treating this this guy like that way yeah Interesting. Okay, let's talk about Matt Gates and, um, well, the kind of situation that's going on with Kevin McCarthy because, you know, he really is, like, losing control of Congress and there's so much on him at the moment. Obviously, there's the kind of the, the, the debt, which is going to become an issue, I guess. When are we going to start hearing about that in full, like, next week? When that's going to, you know, government shutdowns and then there's leverage and then there's going to be blackmail and, there's, and then now there's this issue with... Before I play the clip, just explain what it is that Matt Gates is talking about here, because this is kind of specific to Byron Donalds, isn't it? This is incredibly interesting. I mean, some of this is kind of like inside baseball stuff, where huh. you know people who are, who are real political junkies would be into this, and people who are casual observers maybe not. But I think that probably most people, if they're watching the show, are fall into the junkie category. So, so they hopefully will find this interesting. But it's painfully interesting to me. So Byron Donalds is uh, was called upon to negotiate the continuing resolution to keep the government open a compromise on behalf of the freedom caucus the freedom Give caucus the of course is the, the far right group of about 24 25 people um who by the way kicked out marjorie taylor green because she's so the reason why they kicked her out of the caucus one big reason is because she supported kevin mccarthy for speak Right. So, so Byron Donalds is in this group. So he was tasked with negotiating a continuing resolution compromise with the Main Street Caucus. The Main Street Caucus is all the moderate business, traditional establishment, Wall Street type Republicans in Congress. So the news comes out on Friday, on Sunday night around four Anthony o'clock Davis, in the afternoon, Eastern Philip time, Kowski. that they've reached a deal. Mandela and of course, what we, what do we find out? Then the Freedom Caucus men members, led by Gates, Corey Mills, several others, went ballistic. Ralph Norman went ballistic and said, "Well, wait a minute. 
you know, we don't agree with this deal. So the crazy part, the first crazy part is I, what popped into my head is, wait a minute. Byron Donald's negotiated this deal. Did he check with his own people? Like, do they, did he even make sure that they were on board with this? He's just negotiating on their behalf and then none of them want this. So you have that dynamic, but, but the other dynamic. Yeah. All right, we're going to pull up the bed. The people, um, who, by the way, kicked out Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's so. The reason why they kicked. But I think that probably it's most people, if they're watching Robert the show, are fall into the junkie little category. Bitch. So, so they hopefully will find this interesting. But it's painfully interesting to me. So Byron Donalds is uh, was called upon to negotiate the continuing resolution to keep the government open a compromise on behalf How of the Freedom Caucus. The Freedom Caucus, of course, is the the far right group of about 24, 25 people. Um, who, by the way, kicked out Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's so. The reason why they kicked her out of the caucus, one big reason, is because she supported Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Right. So, so Byron Donalds is in this group. So, he was tasked with negotiating a continuing resolution compromise with the Main Street Caucus. The Main Street Caucus is all the moderate, business, traditional establishment, Wall Street Christian. So the news comes out on Friday, on Sunday night around four o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time that they've reached a deal. And of course, what we, what do we find out? Then the Freedom Caucus men, members, led by Gates, Corey Mills, several others, went ballistic. Ralph Norman went ballistic and said, well, "Wait a minute, you know we don't agree with this deal." So the crazy part, the first crazy part, is what popped in my head is, "Wait a minute." Byron Donalds negotiated this deal. Did he check with his own people? Like, do they? Did he even make sure that they were on board with this? He's just negotiating on their behalf, and then none of them want this. So you have that dynamic. But, but the other dynamic is, if you remember when they didn't want McCarthy as speaker, they nominated Byron Donalds to challenge McCarthy for speaker. So. Here you have all these Freedom Caucus members on Sunday night and all day Monday absolutely oh, trashing Byron Donalds, who they just get rid of all of them. Or, you know, put up for speaker now, against two, three years ago. It, it's just, it's so terribly interesting to me how this has played out. The other part of this is the news broke this week that Gates intends to run for governor of Florida. <laughs> and many people have said that Byron Donalds also wants to run for governor of Florida, so oh, we have man. that dynamic working here also. None of them it's are qualified. And, and Matt Gates, as much as I despise him with every pore of my body, he, you know, is a is quite a good public speaker. And he does kind of he can be kind of engaging, and he has good use of of, of language. And I just thought I'd point that out. As you watch this clip of him basically taking control of Congress. I oppose the CR authored by my friend and colleague from Florida, Byron Donalds. The Donald CR continues the Ukraine policy negotiated by Speaker Pelosi and Mitch McConnell in the omnibus that conservatives were against. The Donald CR is a permission slip for Jack Smith to continue his election interference as they are trying to gag. The president, the former president of the United States, and the leading contender for the Republican nomination, and the Donald CR abandons the principle 
that is only a review of single subject spending bills that will save this country and allow us to tease through these programs and force these agencies to stand up and defend their budget. My friends, we are approaching the days where we're facing child sex trafficker. annual deficits, a 